Journey to Organization, episode 120, A Sense of Loss During Decluttering. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk to you about a problem that's common when you're decluttering, and it even happens to me. <laughs> and it happens to a lot of my clients, and it's frustrating because, uh, not just for me, but for them, because, you know, people are scared and worried and nervous, and there's a huge sense of loss when you let go of something, especially something you worked hard to get or something that was very important to you, but no longer is. Um, and I think that it's important to acknowledge all these things about what happens when you let things go. And so today I want to talk about that. <laughs> and I think that it can really help you move forward if there's something that's been hold- holding you back in decluttering. So I want to start by saying a personal story that happened to me. And then um, I'll explain a little bit about why I think it's important to acknowledge the feelings that you have when you are decluttering. So a few weeks ago, I sold my car. We had two cars and I liked my car. It was a good car. It was really a nice luxury to have two cars, Uh, but I sold it for a couple of reasons. The first one being that A lot of the times it was just sitting there unused and it seemed like a huge financial burden to have something so expensive that took so much maintenance and care to be sitting there unused for a good portion of the week or the month or even the year. And it seemed like an unnecessary expense. That was one thing. Another reason why I wanted to sell the car was because it really wasn't comfortable for me to drive. And I didn't replace the car, but for a long drive, After a while, I'm pretty tall, so after a while, my knee would start to hurt because I couldn't really push the chair back. So far, it was a, it was a small car and it just, it wasn't comfortable for me to drive for a long time. And the third most important thing, reason why I sold the car was because I felt like, you know, it didn't seem right now that my husband could take the train to work, uh, to have two cars, especially when we weren't using one so much from an environmental standpoint. And it just felt like, how can I, how can I have these two things, even though they're hybrids, even though they are, you know, not being used that much. And even though I often lend my car out to people or I lent my car out to people when they said they needed a car and I was happy to share that I would try to let it be used even when I wasn't using it so that it would, you know, have maximum benefit. Right. But it wasn't, you know, it just, it wasn't working out. (laughs) And it just seemed like a lot of burden to carry. And I was always worried, you know, (laughs) the bus would drive by and hit the car or uh, because that, you know, (laughs) was a real thing on our street. Our street is so narrow and the bus comes by. If you forget to tuck your mirrors in, that's it. You don't have a mirror anymore. And I was always like nervous about it. And it was causing me like a lot of stress and worry. And so I decided to sell the car. And even though it was a decision that I came to, on my own, with no prompting from anybody. Uh, You know, my husband didn't suggest it to me. Nobody offered to buy it. You know, it was just something that I decided I came to on my own. 
the day before and the day of the sale, I just felt awful. (laughs) I was so upset and sad and it just felt like something that I worked hard for was now, you know, not going to be part of my life anymore. And, you know, I had valid reasons for giving it up. It just didn't make financial sense. It didn't make ecological sense. It wasn't comfortable for me. It didn't make physical sense. But there was still this huge sense of loss because it was something that I felt that I had to give up. And what everybody kept reminding me was, it's no problem. You're making space for a bigger, better car. Um, you know, a door closes, a window opens, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you're making space in your life. That's what everybody said to me. And, you know, I say that to my clients all the time. By letting go of all this stuff, you are freeing yourself up to to new experiences, new opportunity, new resources, new things, better things for you. And yes, if you can get to that point where you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, then it's a great feeling. But while you're stuck in this worry stage in the beginning, or or maybe it's not even worry, maybe it's fear or shame or sadness or just the unknown or whatever it is, there's a lot of feelings associated with this decluttering. Whatever the feeling is, it's really important to recognize the feelings that you're having with decluttering. So for me, the the, the letting go of the car was, I, I'm not exactly sure what feeling. It was sadness, definitely. It was sadness. Um, I felt sad that this sort of chapter in my life had closed because it was really a good car and I really liked it a lot, but just didn't suit my needs. Um, there was a sense of worry. How will I function without having a second car? There was this sense of sort of idealism kind of that had gone like, oh, we, we had these two cars and it was so great. And now we're not. What is that going to signify to the outside world? And I think that there were a whole other lot of feelings that went along with it. Like, you know, I felt... Uh, I definitely felt lost, like something that was important to me was leaving. And and I thought to myself, like, gosh, this is so sad and pathetic. It's just a car. Like, who cares? I could always get a new one. I can get a new one tomorrow if I want to, right? And I can get a bigger, better, faster, fancier car if I want to tomorrow. And when I thought about it, I realized the second car didn't really match up with my ideals so much. If we need a second car for something like big or major, like we will in a few weeks, then I'm just going to rent a car because I need something much bigger than what I have, but I can't really park it on my street all the time anyways, and I don't want to deal with it. And I, you know, it's not something I want, but we're functioning without the second car. And I think that it, I think that that was a big, a big worry for me. Like we are so accustomed to having two, how will we function with one? And for years, when we lived in New York, we only had one car and we were fine (laughs) and we were fine and it was fine. And, you know, it's been a few weeks and we're fine. And there are some times when it's like a little bit stressful, like, oh, you know, my husband doesn't have the car. I have the car. He has the car and I don't have the car, whatever it is. Like last night when it took him a really long time to get home from work because there was an accident and the bus goes one way and doesn't detour just because there's an accident, right? So (laughs) like it took him a long time. 
Um, and that was, you know, a little bit stressful, especially because I wasn't feeling great and, you know, I needed a, a few minutes to decompress and he was home much later than we had anticipated. But we got through it and it was fine. <laughs> and I think that, you know, there's all these kinds of feelings associated with getting rid of things. But I think that the having less has allowed me to free up some other mental capacity. Like I'm not worrying about the car anymore. I really don't even think about it so much. <laughs> and, and also, you know, I looked at, you know, my bank statement. I'm like, wow, we're spending less money because this is not an expense we have to pay every month. So that's a great feeling. I think about like now my husband's taking the train to work every day or sometimes we carpool. And that's also a great feeling knowing that we are collectively contributing to or not contributing to pollution in the environment and that we're finding more sustainable ways to to get to where we need to get to. And so that's a good feeling for me. And even though we didn't buy a second car yet, um, and I don't even know if we will, <laughs> um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel so terrible to me. It actually feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. But the thing about it is it took me a long time to get to that feeling. Like it took a couple of weeks to get to that feeling where I feel a little bit relieved, even though sometimes admittedly, I do feel not relieved like last night, like, oh gosh, if he would have just driven to work, he would have been home already. Right. But for the most part, and I think that this is what life is about in total, is that it's about the overall feeling. We can't be happy every second of the day. There's always going to be a feeling of what if. But if you are able to be happy with where you're at, if you're able to say this situation is for the best for me and for my family and for all the people that I love, then it's a lot easier to cope with the feelings that are associated with getting rid of something, uh, decluttering yourself. Now, I think getting rid of a car, decluttering a car, if you will, selling a car, whatever, however you want to call it, is a little different than most of the decluttering that I do with clients. And that's because because there's so much instant relief from having a clear space, but a car that's parked on your street, <laughs> you know, doesn't necessarily give you a lot of relief. And I think that it's important to understand the difference between decluttering in a macro way versus decluttering in a micro way. So to me, decluttering the car was a very macro thing. It was one item, you know, it was a large item and, and it was able to clear up a bunch of different issues for me, um, by not having it. But when you're decluttering in a small area, like let's say a closet, when you're decluttering a closet, um, and you look and you see the trash bags that are going out and being donated or being recycled at the end of the time that you've spent decluttering, it's a lot harder to say like, oh, <laughs> you know, I feel comfortable with all that stuff because there's the sheer quantity of stuff that's leaving your house. It's huge. I mean, and you look at all the, all the time and effort you spend into putting to get all those things. And it's very, very traumatizing. Whereas in a car or something bigger, like a piece of furniture, you might not have put in as much effort or time or even money 
top as you would have for like all the clothes that are leaving your house. So maybe the car is not the best example or comparison. So let's do this comparison, okay? Let's say a piece of furniture costs you $500. And let's assume that most of the pieces in your closet that you are getting rid of cost about $20. Because I think on average, that's what most people get rid of, okay? So $20 clothing. I, I mean, probably some of it costs a lot more than that. But let, let's just go on the low end, $20, okay? You only need to get rid of 25 pieces of clothing to get to that $500 mark. And that's not that much. I would say on average, most people get rid of at least 100 pieces of clothing when they're decluttering. Probably someone who's really good at it is getting rid of a lot more. And, and, and to look at these 25 pieces of clothing and see, oh my gosh, that's $500 I will never get back, right? It's a lot easier to look at it, and maybe you haven't even worn some of the stuff, it's a lot easier to look at the piece of furniture and say, wow, this piece of furniture was $500 and it was so well loved and, and we cared for it so much, but now it, it's, you know, on its last legs and it's not safe to have anymore, whatever it is, whatever reason you're getting rid of it. And I got so much good use out of it. But when you look at like the clothing, it's a lot harder to say like, oh, there's 25 pieces of clothing or 100 pieces of clothing that I spent time and money and effort getting. I didn't use them so much. I will never use them. So let somebody else have them. It's really hard to, to you know, wrap your head around that. And I think that that's um, where a lot of the issues come from. So I'll, I'll give you an example of something that happened with a client this week. I have a client and she wanted to get rid of a dresser that she had. She didn't really have any attachment to the dresser. And once it was cleaned out, she was like, yep, I'm happy to donate it. But it's so hard for her to go through all of the clothing that she has and say, yep, I don't need it. Because first of all, it takes so much more effort to go through the clothing. And second of all, the clothing has some sort of sentimental, even on the smallest level, much more than most physical larger items do for most people. And so I think that, you know, looking back at it, it's much harder for her to say, you know, I'm ready to donate these clothes versus I'm ready to donate the dresser. Because in her mind, the dresser was like this big piece that was standing in the way of her getting organized, whereas all the little items of clothing weren't necessarily weren't necessarily standing in the way of the organization, you know, in a, in a total, in, in a total kind of way, because, you know, you see all these little things in your house and you're like, no problem. I'll just shuttle them away into a closet or whatever. And then out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And what happens is, is that it is out of sight and it's out of mind and you forget that you have things, but the big dresser is sitting there all the time looking at you in the face and saying to you, you don't really want me. Why can't you just set me free? <laughs> you know? And I think that's a huge, a huge difference between letting go of the small things and letting go of the large things. I didn't really want the car anymore. Every time I got out of the car, my knee was hurting me and when I look back on it, I'm like, yep, you know what? It wasn't a good car for me. It wasn't the right car for me. And it served its purpose while I had it. And thank God that I had it for when I had it because I really needed it. And at the time, you know, there wasn't a a car sharing service that was on my street. Now I can join the car sharing service when I need a second car. All I have to do is, you know, 
book the car and get into the car. It's on my street, right? It's also on my street. So it's not like it's so far away. There's there's a much lower sense of need when it's something that was sort of cumbersome to you anyways and almost getting in your way. And for the example with my client, the dresser was getting in her way. But the clothing necessarily, all the extra clothing wasn't really necessarily in her way. You know, she had a room of stuff that she couldn't get into the room. And that wasn't in her way. The door was closed and she couldn't get in. And Zehu, it was it. But the relief from getting the dresser out or clearing out the room that was so uh, de- that was so cluttered that she couldn't get in, it was a relief because now she had more space. She had more area. She had more ability to move. And she had like the sort of energy that could flow around her. And I feel like for the most part, when you're decluttering bigger things, they're Sometimes is a sen- a big sense of loss, but I feel like with the bigger things, it's a lot easier to say like, okay, I can let this go because I can see how something better is going to come into my life. But with the small stuff, I feel like it's a- it's even harder to say, okay, how is something better going to come into my life just because I let go of one t-shirt or 10 t-shirts or even 20 t-shirts? It doesn't take up that much space in my life. How's it going to really help me? So it's much harder to get to that space where you can say, I can overcome this. You know, the door is closing, but the window is opening. And what I think you have to remember when you're decluttering is this. Any bit, any little bit, any big bit, doesn't matter. Any little amount that helps you get closer to having only what you need is helpful. It's good. And it does open up the window for you. It might not seem like it makes a big difference, but 20 less items in your house, 50, 100, 150, 500, having all that less stuff in your house does make a big difference. And over time, if you keep working at it, and this is why I call it journey to organization, if you keep working at being happy with having less and and curating the collection of things that you have, it's a lot easier to say, okay, I'm okay with this because you understand that there is an end in sight. There is a destination I'm trying to get to. I am on a journey to make my life, myself, my family, my home better. And these are the steps it's going to take to get me to that place. When you can get to a point where you can realize that having what you need is actually going to make your life better, it's going to make you a lot happier. When you realize that, you know, you don't need literally 500 pens in your life, it's going to make things better. When you realize that you don't need 500 t-shirts, your life is going to be better. Think about all the dust that gets into them, how much more exposed they are to mold when everything's crammed in and up against the wall and that kind of stuff. Just things are happening to let the energy flow better in your house, which helps you have more clarity because in the end, the stuff, you know, the stuff doesn't, doesn't really make us happy in the long run and we can't take it with us. And We can't take the stuff with us. In the meantime, most of us have way too much stuff. And the people who, there are people in the world who don't have as much as we do. And if we can get 
our stuff to them, then that makes their life better. Now, I know that it's sometimes hard to reach the people who who need the things that we have. And I'm I'm not going to say that that's, you know, the easiest thing in the world. However, there are ways to help. So, for example, this client of mine who had a room that was so packed full of stuff, she literally had a whole large container. I mean, it had to easily be 250 or 300 pens. And I took half of the pens and half of the pencils and a whole bunch of the pads of paper that she had, and I donated them to the women's shelter. And she and the women's shelter was thrilled. And the um, the client was thrilled because all of her stuff went to a good place and the women's shelter had things that they needed and she had less stuff. And so if you can find organizations that are willing to take your stuff, there are always organizations that are willing to take your stuff. Your kids' schools, your local shul, your, you know, local mikvah maybe, all these places are willing to take some things. So there are always ways to find out what people need things. I know a lot of cities have local rehoming groups where where people are like, I have this, who needs it? <laughs> and it's great. And people take it. And, you know, everybody is getting what they need. And in those groups, they don't charge for anything. And that's great. And it's just a way to say, like, hey, I'm going to let this go. Somebody else can have my good fortune. And I'm opening myself up to more good fortune because I now have the space to receive this good fortune. So if you're having trouble letting go of something, think about this. It's okay to have negative feelings about getting rid of something. It's okay to say, I'm not okay with letting go of this. It's okay to say, I don't really want to let go of this. It's okay to say, I'm scared about letting go of this. It's okay to say, I'm worried. It's okay to say, I'm sad. Whatever feeling you're having that's associated with giving something up, acknowledge that feeling and then try to get yourself to the point where you realize the door's closing, but the window's opening. Or I'm allowing myself to now have space for new and better things to come into my life because before I didn't have that space. And I have a client who I have more than one client actually who wanted to have babies. And when I got to their house, I just looked at them and I said, there's no way you could have a baby. You have no physical place to put a baby. So even if God granted you a baby tomorrow, where would you put it? And so Literally within a year of working with a few of these clients, the ones who wanted to have babies did have babies because they let go and they made the physical space to have babies come into their life. And there are a lot of things that most people want to have come into their lives. And by clearing the physical, we leave a space, an emotional space for new things to come into our life. Now, it's not only things that we want to come into our life. Maybe we're looking for a partner or a baby or, or I don't know, new health or better health or something like that. But by saying, you know, I'm going to let go of these things, you leave room for that blessing 
to come into your life. And so I really hope that this week's episode helps you move forward with letting go. And depending on where you live, there's always places to donate your stuff. Um, and in, a, in the U.S., you can always take it to a goodwill. Uh, the veterans associations are usually willing to pick things up. Um, there are even a lot of uh, Hadassah charities that will, will take your old donations. In Israel, you can always take your things to Witso, Um And there are usually local thrift shops that are willing to take your stuff. Let it go. Let somebody else have your blessing. And oh, and 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 in in both countries, in any country, there's always people looking to help people that are less fortunate. So seek those people out, and you know they'll come to you. <laughs> they will find you. There's the the connection is real when you set in your mind an intention that this is what I want to have happen to me. It's like magic. God makes that happen for you. So. So set that intention. I want to get rid of this stuff. I want to find a worthy place to donate this stuff to. And it will happen. Believe that it will. I'm starting to train other personal organizers in my method. So if you're looking to become a personal organizer and you want to learn my method, please reach out to me via email or tweet or however you want to reach out to me or voicemail. And I would love to get started with you teaching you my method. You can reach me at Rebecca at balaganbegone.com. That's Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H at B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. I'm on Facebook as Balagan Begone. You can join Organizing in Israel and DM me through Facebook. Uh, Organizing in Israel is my free group on Facebook that um, anybody can join. You don't have to live in Israel and we give lots of tips and tricks there. You can uh, leave me a voice message or write a message across the sky. That's okay too. (laughs) I'm open to all forms of communication. So reach out to me if you're interested in learning how to be a personal organizer. I want to wrap up this episode by saying I wish you all a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegone and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegone.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.